Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and curses. Fuck. Shit. I'm Alicia Herder. Shit. Oh, I'm Tara Keck. <laughs> On today's episode, hexing your ex, or just curses and hexes, which is in the news and a new kind of spell, which is a secret for now. Y'all gotta listen to the end. It's called um, a hook. hook. Yeah. (laughs) Those literary devices. (laughs) They are very important. to talk about all right guys so you know this we've got a patreon patreon.com slash witch yes in case you you know forgot and for twenty dollars a month you become a dark witch a bad bitch in the dark witch status you can give us a topic for our patreon only episodes called the vault of the obscure i don't know about how this kind of power that patrons have over us You can also give us something you'd like for us to shout out on the podcast, and it can be anything. Well, mostly anything. You've got to be kind of nice, but you can also tell us to shout out Regina George as a fugly slut, and we'll do that one. I'm here to bully teens. Yes, exactly. But we do have one shout out from one of our dark witches. Her name is, (laughs) and I'm laughing (laughs) because I asked her how to say her name, and I still don't know if I'm going to say it right. So it's. Spelled S-I-A-N, and it has the cute, what's this guy called? It's like a, it's not a whole triangle on top of the A. I should have looked that up. It's got a a beauty mark. It has a beauty mark. It has a beauty mark on the A. And she says, my name's pronounced like Sean. Not like Shan, as in short for Shannon, and not like Sean either. Like S-H-A-U-N. Like Sean. Shan. Sean. What I feel like I'm bullying this teen now. I need to. This is not the teen I want to bully. It's Celtic, and she said it's a pesky Celtic name, and I think it's a beautiful Celtic name that I'm trying really hard. And she said she's so used to people mispronouncing it, and I just don't want to let Sean 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 down. And you did anyway. You did anyway. She hates us. Yeah. Anyways, she wants y'all to know that she really enjoys the podcast and thinks we're funny, which is nice. She also said that we do a good job keeping the witchy talk interesting and entertaining and not boring and planned. So thank you. You know, I spend a lot of time trying really hard to keep this shit interesting. (laughs) And sometimes people get mad that it's so fun and interesting and not just like a constant information like vomit into your ears. Like that person I got into a Facebook fight with. (laughs) We're not going to talk about it because (laughs) we're only posy energy on the podcast. Only posy. But yo, they came at me and I came back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. 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 We love you in particular. You will never be forgotten, at least. (laughs) Okay. And then segueing into the next, we would also like to shout out one of our last year's fundraiser winners, Michelle, and her brand new podcast. Yay! Michelle's our girl and we love her. We love her. Her podcast is called Dying to Produce, and you can find it on Spotify. 
And honestly, Michelle is a fucking total badass. And this is the description to her podcast. She wrote, After recently receiving a terminal cancer diagnosis, I decided to record a memoir podcast as part of my organization process. I'm still working with my film and media production company and studying my master's in film as a postgraduate researcher. But cancer can be a cruel and fickle mistress. So it's time to have some fun with recording events, tales, and the occasional bit of scandal. And I already listened to one episode, and there was so much in it. Michelle! (laughs) She also has a really fantastic voice. She is. It's so calming and soothing. Yeah. I love her voice. I listen to a lot of podcasts because I work in a studio, Mm -hmm. and so I'm just, like, alone most of the time. And I cannot tell you how many times I get, like, 10 minutes into a podcast and I'm like I just can't like I'm sure you're very smart and very interesting and you are just like not gifted with the with a kind of voice that I can listen to for a long time she is truly just like I'm so excited for the things that she's brought out of this tragedy yeah and like thank you so much Michelle like your bravery I listened to the first episode and it's just you're already spewing things out that a lot of people wouldn't want to talk about and it's just so brave and so like encouraging to have open discussions like that. And I just want to thank you. Like not a lot of people do that. And Mm -hmm. so it's really amazing that you're doing it. So what's it called again? Dying to Produce. And where can you find it? Spotify. And do we love her? We absolutely adore her. Yes. Yes. Okay, so how are you, Mama? Oh my God. I'm doing all right. People on the Instagram kind of know, they vaguely know. But we had to push the release of this episode because... My father died, so sorry, (laughs) y'all. Bummer. But thanks. But thanks for being understanding, or if you are shaking your fist, at least now thank you for being understanding. So my dad was an alcoholic, and we, like, didn't have the best relationship for the past 10 years, because that's when it really started to just kind of, like, toxically, almost, like, poison his relationships to other people Mm -hmm. but there was a two-year period where we didn't talk like at all and then I did meet up with him last October because I heard he was going in and out of hospitals and I was just like this might be the last time I could see my dad like that was just kind of like the thought in my mind so I wanted to make time and just like be there and do it and so my brother and his fiance Alyssa went with me and it was actually like a very nice interaction like it turned into more of a intervention kind of where it's like hey you really need to like figure your shit out but there were like a few concerns I had and it was basically everything that I'd ever felt in a this is why our relationship stressed I just like put on the table I addressed every single thing and even though like he was an addict He's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to change my ways or anything mm-hmm. like that. Oh, I see you. Thank you for telling me. And now I will do X, Y, exactly. and Z. But it was that's like, like not something that an ill person is able to do. Yeah. But I could tell that he did hear me. And so, I mean, the drinking, it was like it's me and my one day meeting with him versus like 20 plus years of being an alcoholic or maybe even more than that, you know, decades. But he did listen to me and it was like a very respectful conversation so I really appreciate that I was able to do that back in October and I mean one of the most fun moments I had was like I mean he's already dead and gone but I had to pick up his ashes 
And so I like buckled him into the passenger seat and we just like drove around because I had errands I had to run that day in Indiana. And I would just point out things like, oh, that's the football field that you would take Kyle and I to like go see football games, which would be like he'd hang out with Kyle and then I'd fuck off and do whatever teenagers do at a football game. <laughs> Teen things. <laughs> or we'd pass his work and I'd be like, oh, you work there. Like his work gave him a lot of joy and pride. And I wish he had been able to like say that to like Kyle and I because he never really talked about his work besides like these are the things that suck about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was a surgical technician at a hospital in Indiana and he was like very proud and apparently like there's been just like an outpouring of like love and support from his co-workers to my brother and I and that's been like very cool and touching to see. And just like driving around with him and listening to music and singing to the radio. And I just felt like if he knew he would die, but that we'd still have that experience together, I just think he would have absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have a happier check-in than me? I do. Yay. (laughs) Are you ready for Tara's? She pulled her notebook out. Five things I learned this week. Okay. So I listen to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. because I literally sit in silence most of the day. So these are the five things I learned this week. Okay. From From podcasts. From podcasts. Okay. I don't know how it's pronounced if it's the Rhone or the Rhone Glacier. Okay. But scientists have started wrapping glaciers in white blankets to reflect sunlight. And it's actually decreasing seasonal melting by 70%. So the blankets... Don't make them hot and they melt? No. So what they do is the blankets are not insulators, but what's happening is when glaciers are melting, they're actually revealing either some sort of dark material, whether it's soil or some kind of decay Mm -hmm. or something that's been lying under them for hundreds of thousands of years. And then the sun is being absorbed by that black material. Ooh, okay. And so what they do is they cover the entire glacier during the hot season or the warm seasons whatever warm season is in fucking like Alaska, right? Covering them with white blankets and they're decreasing the melting because it's reflecting all of the sunlight back up into the atmosphere. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Number two. Number two. So we all know that blue light is really bad for us when we're trying to sleep and that red lights can help us as we're getting ready to go to bed. Turns out that firelight is one of the best types of light in the last hour before you go to bed. So Mm. I'm thinking... That if you have like a fucked up circadian rhythm attached to sleep, going camping or getting a prescription fireplace. Prescription? Prescription from your sleep doctor. Oh, okay. In your apartment would be a great thing to have. What if you can just light your apartment on fire? What if you just get like a bunch of fun candles? And just like stare, romance. stare at the candle wick. Yeah. Okay. Number three. 90% of your serotonin is actually made in our tummies. That makes sense. What you have in your tummy is like a little gut biome that you get to feed, just like you're feeding your bonsai or whatever plant or fungus you have in your fridge. Aww. So it's like you have a little buddy and a little community that lives in your tummy, and like each thing that you feed it helps it grow and be healthy and happy, and that gives you the good brain chemicals. So you can continue on being continue being happy and, and happy. happy. I love that. Number four, there are two types of fear: mm-hmm. real fear and imagined fear. Right. So real fear is like the tiger is inside your room and it wants to eat you, and then the imagined fear is like anxiety and stuff like that. Yeah. And within imagined fear, all fears can be based down to two types of fear: fear of being out of control 
and fear of not being enough. And study shows that just by thinking about what you're anxious or nervous or fearful about and trying to place it into one of those categories can help break you out of an anxiety or a panic attack. Oh, that's cool. So my last one. Yes. Is that flying foxes might be primates. What's a flying fox? So like they're like the fun. That sounds like a curse. Flying <laughs> fox. Yeah. <laughs> just flies into your window (laughs) attacks your face no they're like these bats that look like they have little puppy dog faces and they love to eat fruits they're bats it's a type of flying creature right there's a hypothesis so we don't actually know yet okay but there's a hypothesis that they might be primates because there's a connection between their retina and the superior colicus (laughs) which one the, the superior one. The, the best one. The best The one. better one. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. These people on the podcast are scientists. But they might actually, they're more attached to lemurs genetically and through skeletal structure and mm. by the way that their brain is set up than they are to bats. So they just happen to fly. They just happen to fly. And so there's like a little bit of um, friction in between zoologists. In the bat community. Because if there's kind of like this idea that how could two different species develop the same like flying technique Mm -hmm. because they're not like they don't glide they're not like flying squirrels they literally fly like bats so how do these two separate genetically diverse creatures develop the same exact technique for flying if they're not related and the idea is the people that say oh flying foxes are primates are that that they just happen to live in the same environment but there's other people that are like okay well maybe there's like another little ancestor that connects bats and primates so these are angels so these are angel creatures beautiful bat angels sylphs that's what they are there was lucifer and there was the bat (laughs) they both fell from heaven anyway i just want to really wrap i know they probably don't need it but the podcast ologies which has some of my favorite most soothing scientific information and um i hope you love it because i do I loved it. And don't at me about any of this information because I'm not a scientist. I just heard it from somewhere. You're like, I can't help you. I don't have a work cited. I'm not going to put links in the bio. No. Okay, what are we talking about today? Curses. What what happened? Curses. We're talking about curses today. Oh, I thought something bad happened. No. So to know what a curse is, we have to know what a jinx is. Yes. So what is a jinx besides you owe me a Coke? Also, where did that come from? Teens, again, probably. (laughs) They're both my enemy and my greatest hero. (laughs) So the term jinx is both a noun and a verb. It's either a person that brings bad luck or like a verb to bring bad luck. It's also the jinx. If you guys haven't seen the documentary, The Jinx. Oh, yes. That psychopath. There's also um, jinx, the Pokemon. Yep, Jinx the Pokemon. There's also Jinx the Teen Titan villain. There's also Jinx the drag queen. Damn. So many Jinx. What a popular name. So it's actually English. It comes from a variant on the bird Rynek. What? (laughs) Look at this bird. So this little friend gets their name from their terrifying ability to worm their neck around like a fucking snake. It's fucking horrifying. What? So they literally, like, their neck comes out like a fucking like an expanding fire hose and then it whips around like this and it hisses that's scary i know that's like a a night that's a bird snake it's like when giraffes fight each other with their necks you know what video i'm talking about yes i do 
I don't like it. Anyway, it hisses. So I guess the old-timey bird watchers would see these guys freaking out and thought they were some kind of cursed creature jinxing people. And some sources say they were used in witchcraft, but none of them said in what way or had any like fun anecdotal evidence. Okay, it looks like its neck only goes out a little bit and not as long as I it thought. It goes really long. <laughs> Compared to its little body, look at this little guy. He looks like a little pom-pom, and then he's like, Wah! and then he's like, I thought literally like the birds outside the window and his whole neck and head are inside your head. Oh my God. All right. So when you've been jinxed, it usually means that you're having a general spell of bad luck or you're failing at performing tasks. So like examples being saying good luck at a theater performance or mentioning Macbeth. Yes. That's a jinx. Okay. And then also the term in like performance, either whether that be sports or whatever, the yips. It's also a kind of jinx. What are yips? The yips, it's kind of like, it's like a kind of performance anxiety where maybe you've pitched a thousand games and pitched as fast and as hard as you can. And then all of a sudden you can't do it anymore. Oh my God. Because you got the yips. No pressure, but you might get fired soon. <laughs> Bye, Babe Ruth. Oh my gosh. Another term for curses is hex. Heck. And when I... <laughs> heck. When I Googled hex, the verb is to cast a spell on or bewitch. And then to use it in, in a sentence, it says, in quotations, he hexed her with his fingers, which I think maybe he was flicking her a little bit. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> sexual. So the origin of hex is pretty lame. It's German. It pretty much just means sorcery or witchcraft. But hex seems to be a direct synonym of curse. But there is a type of hex that is associated with a more positive energy. And that's the sign, the hex sign. Okay. Look at this little guy. Oh, so cute. It's kind of called a hex sign. I'm going to get back to that. So describe this object. It reminds me of a compass. Okay, right. There are different directions, north, south, east, and west, and, you know, northeast, southeast, southwest, northwest, we got all that. <laughs> and then there's a circle around that. And then there's a bunch of triangles. Mm -hmm. Very well evenly distributed. Very mathematical. Very mathematical. Super mathematical. It looks like some little ferns growing there and like a tulip, four mm -hmm. tulips, four ferns. Very nice. Very even. Very even, very approachable. <laughs> good vibes, good vibes. So the hex sign itself is a type of folk art talisman that comes from the Pennsylvania Dutch. Mm. They're usually placed on the front of barns above doorways or sometimes even on the door themselves. But this one, I think in this picture, is on a house. Yes, that looks house-like. Hexes are made to protect farm animals, to draw love, to symbolize and strengthen a marriage, or to break a curse. This one right here that's got like a star and it's got a little horse head is to protect horses. I don't like that one. <laughs> well, it doesn't like you either. There's no tulips. There, that's true. Really letting us down. So it usually incorporates a pattern of stars within circles. Original patterns appear to always incorporate six-sided stars, but now it seems like anything goes because the one under that has unicorns dancing together with a bunch of, like, flowers. And there's no stars anywhere on this. No. There's literally no rules. <laughs> so here's the gas. Ooh. Here's the tea. Okay, tell us the tea. The term hex sign wasn't seen in print until 1924 in the book Pennsylvania Beautiful by Wallace Nutting, which is the most unfortunate last name. That really is. And Wallace wasn't from Pennsylvania. So instead, he went around and interviewed a bunch of Pennsylvania Dutch farmers about these signs that they had on their barns. Some farmers called them burn or stern, which means flower or star in German. But some guy, some guy. Some guy. Just one guy. 
One guy? Singular guy called it a hexfoos. And that's what people picked up on. So I typed hexfoos into Google Translate and hex, H-E-X-E means witch, and foos means foot. So I don't really know what's going on here. Yeah, none of it looks like a rabbit's foot, so I don't even know. But there's this other theory that hex and hex sign is actually an English miscommunication for the German word zex, which means six, which zex, makes sense. Zex, zex. <laughs> which makes sense since the original hex signs always incorporated six pointed stars. So zex, foos, six feet, six points on the stars all coming together. I'm sure you love it so much. This great... <laughs> content hex signs could also come all the way from alpine germany and predate christianity since the design of the six petal rosette dates all the way back to the bronze age beautiful gorgeous so because of this a lot of neo-pagans have adopted the practice of making hex signs some describing them as painted prayers and maybe we should start a wine and painting class as all the hex signs it'd be gorgeous it'd be so fun you could put anything you want on there what would you put on your hex sign probably my cat holding coffee Okay, so imagine the Starbucks logo, but instead okay. of the mermaid, okay, it's my cat. Mm -hmm. She can still have the sexy mermaid body, though, because that's very her. Right. And then she has her arms up, and she's like holding two lattes, mm -hmm. one in both hands. Are they both for you, or is one for her and one for you? They're probably both for me, but right. we can pretend one's for her. Right. She doesn't really like coffee. She loves pizza. <laughs> So maybe she's holding pizza. Right, one pizza and one coffee. And it's and so that hex sign is about strengthening your marriage to your cat. Yes, indeed. What would be on yours? Uh, money. Just a Benjamin. <laughs> it's Benjamin Franklin's face in a circle. <laughs> and then there's like a little picture of me coming up behind him with a big bag to track him in. <laughs> okay, if we go back in time... And kidnap Benjamin Franklin, how much would he be worth now? If we brought him back to the present time? Yeah. Oh, man. Like disregarding how much it would fuck up history and probably cause like a black hole in time. <laughs> I don't know. Do you I, think the government would pay a lot for Benjamin Franklin? I don't think so. I think current government, we'll see it at the end of 2020, okay. how much the government would pay for Benjamin Franklin. And then also for our future going or past going technology what is it called time travel time travel. i'm doing great can we talk about curses Let's now talk about curses okay so a curse is any expressed wish so you have to say it oh fuck that some misfortune or obstacle will befall a person place or object many believe that if you create a curse it will come back to you threefold mostly to kind of be like don't fucking curse someone you dumb mean bitch stop it <laughs> that was, okay that insult you was dumb mean you bitch dumb, was mean so bitch. fucking direct you were dumb and you were mean and you were like mean. it was so genuine <laughs> i just why are you hurting people I just, sometimes, nice. okay quick aside i love when british people insult people because they'll call them like you're just an absolute biscuit aren't you <laughs> but if if a British person came up to me and they were like, Tara, you know, you're mean. I'd be like, holy shit. That sounded awful when you said it. Like a thousand arrows into my heart. Oh my gosh. And then just like piercing me onto a tree for a thousand years. Thank God I'm not British. So I can't do that to you. Okay. Moving on. Who gets cursed? Anyone can get cursed. We're all just sitting ducks. <laughs> you're nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. 
Curses that befall a specific person can be like your witchy friend cursing you for stealing her high school boyfriend, talking smack about someone's reputation and that person finds out and they curse you, a hedge witch that sees you littering in her garden and curses you in your home, someone like giving you the finger because you just need to get into that lane. Oh no! Wherever you go, you can always get cursed. Have comfort in that. You can get cursed in your home. So is this a, an imagined fear or a real fear? It can happen to anyone. Okay, so let's dissect this. Okay. I think this might be a fear of being out of control. There you I go. I think there this is the fear of being out of control. Okay, okay. Normally, although not always, you get cursed because you are also negatively impacting this person's life or happiness. So anyone can get cursed. And you specifically are getting cursed because you probably did this to yourself. Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's wrong place, wrong time, and you just become a casualty of someone else's curse. Or sometimes, you know, you think it's funny to buy a cursed doll on eBay. Why? Why are you buying cursed objects on eBay? Just for bragging rights? The risk doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I hate this. Like, you must love living on the edge. Thrill seekers. I hate it. So let's talk about some famous curses in history, because I'm all about that history goss. And mm, that's give me what this in is. on that. So we mentioned Annabelle already. Like, just don't with dolls but other famous curses there are of course ancient egyptian curses what we live for oh classic otherwise known as the curse of the pharaohs this is the basis of the brendan fraser classic the mummy possibly just an iconic american film <laughs> if you live in another country watch the mummy <laughs> it really it was kind of filmmaking at its best like, we've peaked. We've peaked. I admit it. If you are disturbing a mummy's tomb, either as an archaeologist or a gold-digging thief, you will be cursed with bad luck, illness, or death. Pretty which has simple. happened. Which has happened. Cut to King Tut's curse is commonly known as the Egyptian mummy curse. Howard Carter, British archaeologist and Egyptologist, because if you can be an ologist of anything. We've you discussed really this before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got thoughts. Continue. He became famous after discovering King Tut's tomb. Although there were never any hieroglyphics found that dictated a curse on King Tut's tomb, 11 deaths occurred within 10 years of opening the tomb. That sounds cursed to me. Why? I mean, it's for science. This time it was no, for science. No, it's not. It's for gold and glory. That's what that was I for. I mean, his name has a Wikipedia page, so. And does ours? No, not yet. Think I need to go to a third world country and destroy some artifacts. <laughs> Buy a cursed object. Yeah. Find a cursed object. Then we have the Hope Diamond. The Hope Diamond is one of the most famous jewels in the world, which I didn't know. Have you heard of this before? Is that the one that's in Titanic? I thought it was and it wasn't. Damn it. What is that? The, that's the heart of the ocean. Fuck. <laughs> it's in a Britney Spears song. That's why I know. <laughs> So the Hope Diamond weighs 45.52 carats. I don't know what that means. And it contains a very rare blue color. It originated in India and was sold to King Louis XIV in 1668. It's been stolen and had many owners since then, but the Hope Diamond is currently insured for $250 million. It's a nice rock. Damn, okay. Yeah. It's believed that the Hope Diamond was stolen from an Indian statue of the goddess Sita, who is the wife of Rama. Goddesses don't like it when you steal their jewelry, so it is said that the Hope Diamond carries a curse with it. People who have been affected by the curse have either committed suicide, been killed by their lover, more than one account of the owner being hanged, lots of people dying broke and ruined, and even an account of someone being torn to pieces by wild dogs in Constantinople. Ah! 
In November 1958, the Hope Diamond was donated to the Gemstone Collection at the Smithsonian Institute, where it is still on display today. I think I've seen it, actually. It's in a glass case. No one can put it on. Mm-hmm. Apparently, their membership went up. After it, after it came. Now it's on display. And People like, seeking a death wish? Is that who is getting membership? Probably. They're like, ooh, what's this cursed object? I want to see. Let's go see some history gemstones. Another object is the dead man's chair, also known as Busby's stoop chair. That's a spooky, that's a spooky sounding chair. It's an oak chair cursed by the murderer Thomas Busby before his execution in the United Kingdom. So back, 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 back. Busby was running a coin counterfeiting business in the early 1700s with his father-in-law. After an argument about the business, Busby killed his father-in-law because that's what you do in arguments. No one will ever argue with me because I am too powerful. Well, we've already established that if anyone disagrees with you, you know, yeah, they're, they're wrong. Some believe that Busby cursed the chair while on his way to his execution. Others believe that Busby was drunk in his chair when the police arrested him. It is said that anyone who sits in this chair will be cursed to die in the immediate future. Who sat in this chair that we can tell? They did. <laughs> Dead men tell no tales. I learned that from Pirates of the Caribbean. In World War II, it is said that some Canadian airmen sat on the chair and they never returned back from one of the biggest wars in the world. <laughs> where the most people died. In 1978, the dead man's chair was donated to the Thirsk Museum, who hung up the chair to the ceiling so that no one would be tempted to sit in the chair ever again. It still resides there. If anyone's in the UK and wants to go to a museum and see a chair... Hung up on the ceiling. There you go. <laughs> what a fun date. That would be kind of fun. Let's go look at this fucking spooky-ass chair. Yeah. Admire the wood. Mm-hmm. The grain. The grain. The quality of the joints. Ooh. That's more furniture lingo than I know. Yeah, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. And of course, there are the sports curses or the yips. The yips. The yips. And one of the most famous being the Curse of the Bambino. I think I've heard of this. Yeah, you think you have. The Bambino was the nickname people had given to Babe Ruth, who played for the Boston Red Sox for many years and, of course, brought them immense success. He's Babe Ruth. I don't know any other baseball player's name besides Babe Ruth. Hold on. Give me a minute. Um, my daddy. I took sports camp. You? you, Me. You did baseball? I did one week of baseball camp. Oh, okay. I was the only girl, so. Well, great. Sexism is over, people. Kill those stereotypes. (laughs) All right, now I only know two people in baseball, Tara and Babe Ruth. In 1919, the Red Sox sold their best player to the New York Yankees for $125,000. So they were just like, that's enough money. You can have Babe Ruth on your team. Let us just give you our best player. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Bad business, guys. And then, like, you, they could have made more money, you know? $125,000. They could have just kept Babe Ruth and made a lot of money. Exactly. And then the Red Sox never won a title until nearly a century later. Because this is what you do when you make bad business decisions. In 2004, the Red Sox caught up to the New York Yankees and ended up beating them. And then the Red Sox went to face the St. Louis Cardinals for the World Series. The Cardinals shortstop, who wore the same number as Babe Ruth, number three, ended up hitting the final out of the game, making the Red Sox win the 2004 World Series and break the curse. 
Who says this isn't a fucking simulation? This is too perfect. It is too perfect. This is a movie. Life is a movie and you're the star. That's it. So we've heard about curses. We've heard about famous curses. So how do I, little witch Alicia, curse someone? Because obviously that's what I want to do, even though I've already said I don't want to do it. How do I do it? Tell us. Okay, so we're going to give you a simple curse. Alicia and I do not support cursing folks because... For onesies, the threefold law, because we're trying to protect ourselves. Whatever you put out into the universe comes back to you threefold. Does it come back to us? I think it will come back to you, the person that makes the curse. We it, This is not attached to me. I'm removed from this situation. Unless you say, like that woman on Twitter was like, and let all of the karmic value of this curse That's go true. on Elizabeth whoever. But we're not saying that. And we're not saying that. We don't, don't want say that. that. Please don't do this to us, baby witches. Mm-mm. And then also, so I believe in spreading positivity and light in the world. Because it's always on fire. The world, you know, is on fire all the time. Mm-hmm. And so we should always just be bringing light and beauty and fun and love. But apparently you don't believe that. So not you, Alicia. You, the listener, listening exactly. to this. Anyway, knowledge is power. Here's what you're going to do. I'm ready. First, you're going to take some freshly cut. <coughs> wash them in some water in your sink to get those germies off of them. And then throw it in a pot of boiling. <coughs> Add. <coughs> of. <coughs> And stir them in the pot 13 times because that's the super unlucky number. Mm -hmm. And we're vengeful. And don't feel like minding our own damn business. Once all of the has dissolved, grab inches of that you've in and until add that to the pot. And now here's like a little incantation I want you to recite. I'm a petty bitch and a fraud and a snitch. I have not gone to therapy and it fucking shows. Now gaze into a mirror after taking a long shower and think about what you've become and promise yourself that you will be better. Okay, so now that you've cursed someone, how is the person that you've cursed going to know that you cursed them? It's going to feel like it sucks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Everything sucks. It's kind of like feeling where everything you do is under a dark cloud and you can't have any success or joy in your life. Oh, shit. You feel like there's some sort of outside force that's influencing you. And making your life more difficult than it should be. So this isn't just like the regular I'm blaming everything else on, you know, other people because I cannot recognize that like I have autonomy in my life. Mm -hmm. This is extra bad shit where I definitely don't feel like, you know, as a human being that I have the power to change my life for the better. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Not like, man, maybe I feel so weird and paranoid because I'm doing so much coke. (laughs) It's not it's not that. It's definitely like you a have witch. to you have to <laughs> stop <laughs> doing coke. Sit down. See how it goes. Do an elimination diet where you eliminate the coke and then we'll see if it's actually a curse. There we go. Apparently you can use a deck of cards, like playing cards, to find out if you're cursed. And I don't know if this is accurate, but I'm gonna tell you what you do. And then we can decide from there whether people think this is legit or not. Get a deck of playing cards and take out all four of the jacks. Then shuffle the deck while mindfully asking, am I cursed? Very simple question. I like that. Once you're done shuffling, put the deck on the table face down. Then pull from the top of the deck 10 cards or until you get an ace. So you're making a new face-up pile with these 10 cards or however many cards until you get an ace. Do that two more times so that you have three face-up piles. Apparently, if you have an ace in one of these face-up piles, that means that someone has thought negative feelings or intentions towards you or has been thinking about cursing you if two of your piles have aces that means someone has been trying or is attempting to curse you and if all three piles have an ace that means you're 
fucked and someone has cursed you. My reservations are there are 52 cards in a normal deck. If you pull out the jacks, that's a 48 cards. But then you want me to do three stacks of 10 and to be completely safe from a curse, all four of the aces must be in the last 18 cards of the pile. Those are my reservations. Hmm. 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 How do we feel about this? Well, you said numbers, so I stopped listening. But I trust that you have some reservations, and I trust you as Thank a person. You. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I mean, try it. Because I tried it, and one ace popped up. But it was also like, statistically speaking, how could one ace not pop up? Yeah, I mean, that's real. That's my point. That seems like you're kind of cheating the deck. Stacking the deck, if you will. Exactly. Counting cards and shit. Mm, mm -mm. This isn't in my notes, but I've also read that green witches, you can tell if you are being cursed if one of your plants that's normally doing very well starts wilting or dying because it's actually absorbing the curse that is being wished upon you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Poor buddy. I also remember reading about these things called ligatures, which isn't just like ligature marks around your neck like in like a CSI (laughs) episode. They're pieces of enchanted rope or cloth that have been knotted a certain amount of times and then placed in an area either on like your property or in your home or on your person. And this is the idea that it is crossing you. Mm. So this is kind of leading into how do we break a curse? So there's this idea called uncrossing, which is often attributed to hoodoo. To understand uncrossing, first you have to understand crossing. So the idea of crossing or having a crossed condition, which is like a term I saw, is that there is some kind of magical knot in your life, whether that be in the form of a physical ligature, like I just talked about, or through a psychic cord, like what we talked about in the chakra episode. Mm -hmm. A crossed condition can be external, so bad things happen to you. Like, my fucking adult acne is probably a fucking curse condition. (laughs) A cross condition can also be internal. If you are accumulating a lot of negative thoughts about yourself, Mm -hmm. you can cross yourself because you are probably a baby witch if you're listening to this. So making uncrossing a regular part of your practice can help protect you from when you make magical fumbles, which is bound to happen because, you know, you're just, we're learning. We're doing our best, okay? And that's Mm -hmm. okay. Uncrossing is detangling that knot and smoothing you out so you can set yourself straight. So there's this thing called the uncrossing bath. Love baths. Which I feel like you could also change to a shower if you do not have a bath. Being clean. Uncrossing baths are usually performed for a number of consecutive days, either three, seven, nine, or 13 days in a row, depending on the severity of the problem. I'm assuming that my adult acne needs at least 13. Okay. It is recommended that you take an uncrossing bath for a minimum of three days. Otherwise, you're unlikely to get any kind of close so you to have to be effect. consistent yeah you do and it's like you have to make sure that you're going to be able to take a bath every single day and also like i know some people that have vaginas can't take baths that often because they can get infections and mm. stuff like that they can get yeast infections so i would then say okay three days in a row of a shower and maybe you don't have to wash your hair every time okay that's fair that's really the effort <laughs> and also that's expensive and the shampoo is expensive exactly we're on a so, budget bathing on a budget <laughs> You can choose from a long list of ingredients you can really easily find online. Usually the amount of ingredients you choose for your bath also depends on the severity. Using those same numbers, 3, 7, 9, and 13. And I would really love to go back to the numerology episode and see if those have any connections with numerology. See what it all means. I would always recommend using sea salt because it is probably the most diverse and one of the most potent potent ingredients 
mm-hmm. for cleansing because you use it when you're casting circles, you're using it when you're cleansing objects. I would also say when you're picking your ingredients, be careful that you don't use anything that has sugar. Like I didn't see anything in the recommended, but also I didn't look past the third page of Google. That's called the dark web. Yeah. If you have a vagina and you take a bath and that bath contains sugar, you could possibly be feeding the yeast that lives inside your vagina and then you get a yeast infection and that sucks and is itchy. <laughs> don't do that. It's a bad time. Yeah. Also, also, yes. there's another disclaimer. Good. If you have extremely sensitive skin, allergies of any kind, eczema, Generally, you know what's going to give you a flare-up. So if you see anything on a list that you're allergic to, don't use it. And then don't at me about how you have an allergy to garlic. You know, it's like, <laughs> I just don't give a shit. I get, if your message to me at any time says, well, actually, I delete it automatically because I do not have time for this, okay? I run a podcast. She's very stressed about this. So these are, this is how you're going to take this bath. Mm-hmm. Take a pot, fill it with water. Oh, my God. Easy. This sounds like this might be more work than I want. You're I'll gonna stay cursed. Boil the water. Pretend you're making some mac and cheese. Okay. Take two pots. One's for the mac and cheese and one's for your okay. bath. Boil you the water. Eat? You're going to take the first of your ingredients in your hand. We're talking any of those herbs and things like that. You guys, you got to talk to these herbs, okay? You have to talk to it and ask it to help remove all the unknown and known cross conditions from your life. Or if you're having any specific areas on your body, like maybe you've been having some tummy troubles and you know from the doctor that it's all in your head (laughs) because you've been to the doctor already before trying to heal your medical conditions with witchcraft. (laughs) You're just nervous, Terry. You just got a nervous tummy. You're going to thank it for its help. Add it to the boiling water. You're going to do the same for all of your herbs. You're going to boil that shit up for a few minutes until you have a pot of what's called tea no you're gonna make some tea (laughs) no we got this far and you tricked me (laughs) you're gonna take those ingredients out strain the ingredients just leaving the tea this like herb broth if you have any other ingredients like lemon or salt you're gonna add those to the mixture now too okay i'll just stay cursed you also have to talk to these things too i just want to (laughs) say the lemon i gotta talk i gotta talk to the tea you have to talk to the tea you have to say please help me thanks so much for your help hopefully you're alone in your house yeah hopefully i talk to my plants sometimes that's fine though they're plants they like that they think i think they do yeah once everything has been mixed let the mixture cool down a little bit because you don't want to burn your little sensitive skin then you're going to take a bath like normal normal bath with your bubbles or whatever you're sitting your candles your candles once you're physically clean you want to make sure that you light two white candles it said one on either side of the tub, but mine's kind of in a corner, so I'm thinking I'll put one at the bottom and one at the top Okay. instead of on my left and right. That makes sense. Optionally, they said that you can anoint the candles with uncrossing oil before you light them, and I tried to find out what exactly is in uncrossing oil, and it was a little difficult to find a solid answer. Some said that it was from high-energy plants from your garden, like mint and lavender and rose. Others said it's made from patchouli and sandalwood. I don't fucking know. If you want to spend the money on this, you can. Ah, just get a candle just get a candle i mean yeah. i don't have many <laughs> so you're gonna get back in the tub okay you've lit the candles okay you're gonna take the mixture and you're gonna pour it over your little head hopefully but i literally just washed my hair right okay we talked about the shampoo problem we have okay yes of so how it's expensive maybe this week you go no poo i don't know dude okay so it says put on your head at this point 
you can either pray from your heart for all the cross conditions to be removed. You can petition your patron deity. You can think about maybe visualizing your chakras and all of those blocks being pushed to the side, all of the beautiful lotuses opening. You can, I don't know, think of what, I don't know what else you would think about. I can't think of anything in this moment and now I'm embarrassed. So <laughs> then you're going to soak. Once you're done, you have two options. You can either rinse yourself off completely or you can just step out of the bath and allow yourself to air dry with this tea on your skin, I guess. It's my worst nightmare. At this point, you can then blow out the candles. If it's the last day, then let them burn out completely if you can. I don't know how tall your candles are, so if you need to bring them into your other room with you while you do your homework or whatever it is that you baby witches do, so it's not a fire hazard, that's what I would do. If you don't want to take a bath and also you're afraid of tea yeah there's this other thing called eggs okay so curses can be drawn out if they're offered another vessel in this case we're gonna use an uncooked egg (laughs) okay most of the rituals i saw asked you to light again some kind of white candle so we're gonna do that ground yourself call in any deities you know what's up take your energies Make them how you like them. Tie them up in little bows how you like. Focus your mind on the cleansing of the person, whether that's you or someone else. Then you're going to take this egg. Okay. That I love. You are serious about this if you're doing this. You're going to take this egg that you super believe in. You're going to start at the top of the person's head and move it down the person's body, asking for any curse or crossing to be removed. I do not know if you are asking the egg or you're asking the deity. And it's still... As a whole egg. Like it's we a haven't whole, opened it. There's open no it. yolk on my skin. No, okay, you are okay. just holding an egg that you got at Kroger. Okay, good. Think about it like you're squeezing out a tube of toothpaste and you're trying to get every last bit because you really don't feel like going to CVS. That's how thorough you need to be pulling all of the cursed energy out of this person. I'm talking in the front and in the back. Yeah, that's important. Got to get the back. Then you're going to grab a glass of water mm-hmm. and you're going to crack the egg into the glass of water. You're going to wait about 30 minutes. And then if you see any anomalies, I'm talking smell, I'm talking weird visual spots, I'm talking voices, probably not voices, but I panicked again. Um, (laughs) If you see anything like that, you're going to need to do a more full cleansing ceremony. But if it's just normal, just an egg, especially if it's just like sitting on the bottom, then you're probably good. Like you did it or you've been freaking out for no reason? Either you're freaking out for no reason or it's been completely absorbed. The idea is that like you're good. You don't have to do anything beyond that. But if there is some kind of anomaly, generally it means like some kind of entity or something is still attached. Then you got to go for the tea. Then you got to go for the tea, guys. And I'm sorry. Okay. One big thing to remember is if you visit a psychic, we've talked about this before. If you visit a psychic and they tell you you are cursed and they want you to fork over money for some big ritual or fancy salt, that person is scamming you. I really don't want you to be taken advantage of because some old bitty giving $5 palm readings on the side of the street says that you have a dark curse like holes. Oh, but what if it is holes? Well, no, then you have a lot more to do. Then you have to go up a mountain. There's something about onions. Yeah, they eat the onions. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to let you know that what you say to that person is you say, no, thank you. I'm good. I have eggs at home. (laughs) And then you go back to your apartment and you think about how you were so smart. And how much I love you. I'm done. Goodbye. I love that. We broke the curse. You broke the curse. The witch's curse. She's awake. We have woken her from her slumber. Anything else? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, witches in the news. Yes. Yeah, yes. 
All right. First up, we have Nigeria's new advocacy for alleged witches. And this is a good thing. Yay, finally. Finally. This is an open face sandwich. Exactly. This past January, Dr. Leo Igwe launched the Advocacy for Alleged Witches, which will work to protect, defend, and rehabilitate alleged witches in Africa. Advocacy for Alleged Witches is rolling out many programs and declarations, one being a college campus program called Who is Afraid of Witches on Campuses. It's a very, like basic name, but you know, the program aims at alleviating witchcraft fears and superstitions to mobilize student advocates for alleged witches. Good. Education. Power. Good. Love that. Love Love that. Advocacy for Alleged Witches made a statement titled 2020 to 2030, Decade of Activism Against Witch Persecution in Africa. They stated that their main objective is to create an Africa that no longer hunts witches by sensitizing Africans and spearheading advocacy for these alleged witches. Their goals include sharing the latest news on witchcraft persecutions and allegations, intervening to protect alleged witches and educate the accusers, lobbying local, national, regional, and global institutions to tackle abuses related to witch persecution, and to organize public education campaigns to reason people out of the misconceptions that drive witch persecution through training sessions, workshops, and seminars. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love me a seminar. Same. If you want to be in on the good fight, you can follow them on Facebook by searching advocacy for, but it's the number four, alleged witches, or you can see what they're up to by searching advocacy for the normal preposition, allegedwitches.law.blog. And we will include a link in our show notes. Thank you. Yeah. So that's good. It wasn't a sad story this time. It was a good story this time. Next up, we have the party of the decade that we missed. The Sabrina the Teenage Witch reunion party. The old one. How did we miss it? It already happened. Fuck. I know. Damn it, Sundance. (sighs) I know they had a reunion over the second weekend in February. How rude. Over 100 cast and crew members attended the reunion party. Melissa Joan Hart, the original Sabrina, was there, as well as Nate Richards, who's Harvey. We've talked about adult Harvey before. Oh, no. Bless him. Jenna Lee Green, who played Libby. That's like a throwback. And Alimi Ballard, who played Quizmaster. That's also a throwback. Holy shit. I haven't thought about Quizmaster. In a second, yeah. And apparently it had magical cookies decorated like black cats and broomsticks. I know. It sounds like the Halloween party of my dreams. And let's be real, Melissa Joan Hart is the real winner because she literally looks the same age as when she was in the show. I want to know her skincare routine. That is the magic of a skincare routine. I want to know what her diet is. Yeah. I want to know what her meditation techniques are. All of it. That's all I want to know. So guess what? You guys weren't invited to that, so neither were we. (laughs) (laughs) And our last thing is about wine and Harry Potter. Those are two good things. I like both those things. So if you're a bit of a bougie person to begin with and love wine and Napa Valley. What are you, 40? Yeah, you might be 40. It's okay. I want to be 42. I know. So I I can afford this. My life is going to be a lot better. I hope so. So if you love wine and Napa Valley and you just happen to like Harry Potter as well, got the perfect event for you. The Napa Valley wine train. Oh, you didn't say there was a train involved. <laughs> there was a train. Which is literally what you think it is. Takes you from winery to winery via train while you continue drinking on the train. So this train is lit. But the best part is that on October 17th and 24th of the year of Satan 2020, The ride will be hosting a Harry Potter murder mystery party. How do we get tickets to this? 
The website. Oh. Go, to, go to the website. Okay, this is how the company describes the experience. The suspects will appear as real people and not onstage actors, and the mystery will occur as actual events rather than a performance. You will be in a place where things will happen around you, and you may not be able to see all of the clues. Be aware of your surroundings and feel free to question characters to deduce what really happened. Is this like a murder mystery train that is about magical wizards and yes. wine? Yes. Yes. Why? Yes. Welcome to our 29th birthday plans. Exactly. Each trip will cost between $230 to $290 per person, which if you think about theater, though, and you think about like wine tours, that's really not bad, you okay. know? So if I'm, let's pull out the calculator app. Okay. So if I'm buying a very cheap ticket to a Broadway play, that's yeah. going to run me at the cheapest, like $90. Yeah. If it's a nice bottle of wine, what are we talking? What, like $30? Oh, man, I don't know. $30 for a nice bottle of wine. <laughs> I get Just whole- 30 <laughs> Not that nice, you guys. Oh, okay. okay. I was thinking of like Kelly Urban's wedding champagne that was like $200. Oh, and fucking I was like, no. I'm talking, okay, so maybe, <laughs> so $90 plus $50. So that's 140 And then the train ride, and I get to go to multiple wineries. Mm-hmm. So then like, let's add another $50 onto that. And then, so that's 190 So even at the max, that's like $100 for the train and then also, it's not just a regular performance. It's like a murder mystery. And maybe they'll let me wear my robe, too. Guess what? Witch hats and wizard robes are encouraged. <gasps> okay, so they're definitely going to let me wear my... <laughs> okay. They like themes. When you get bougie, themes like mean a lot. So you really got to lean into the theme. But yeah, get your tickets now because they are very confident they're going to sell out. Very confident. Oh, yeah, 100%. They have already sold out. Damn it. <laughs> Because we bought all of them, right? Anyway. Oh, Anyways. My little heart. Next birthday. We haven't decided what we're doing for our 30th. Not yet. So saving up now. There's still <laughs> there's still time. Is there? No. Okay. And that was this week's Witches in the News. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Oh, my God. Thank you guys for listening. So let's move on. What's the super secret spell? I'm so ready. Okay, so hit it. I was thinking we gave you a couple spells for lifting curses already, and I'd like to try something a little different for our spell today. Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to open your phone, Got your it. laptop, okay. unless you're driving, which I know some of you do. <laughs> so don't. No, right now, just wait. <laughs> and I want you to Google who are my local officials. Do I put who are my local officials no. spell? No, just regular. Oh. Okay. And I want you to learn the name of your governor, the name of your mayor, your local district representative, and your local attorney general, and any other local community leaders. I just want you to learn their names. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know anything else about them. Sometimes on websites like mycensus.com and stuff like that has their picture. So you can see them, look them in their dead little eyes. See what makes them tick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so find your local representatives. I'm trying. And if they want to find you, Alicia, where do they do that? You can find me on Instagram at Alicia period herder because that's my name. It is your name. All right. Where can I find you? You can find me, Tara, on Instagram. 
Instagram at her lovely face. That's for my drawings. And you can find me at underscore little moss. And that's for my selfies. I love that. And of course, we would like to thank our amazing crew. Marcel Perez, our producer. Mallory Porter, our creative director. And Kevin McLeod, our music guru. Our music muse, I would say. Yes. Because the beat slaps. Do, 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 do. Yo, you guys, okay, so we are really in need of some iTunes reviews. It really doesn't matter what you say. You can say I've been cursed by a dark witch to write five-star reviews. You can say these witches lifted my dark curse, and that's why they deserve five-star reviews. We don't advertise. We're not part of a network. People truly cannot find us without your help. So when you go on iTunes and give us five stars, I am now at the point when I go into iTunes and I look at the term witch, we're like, 30th from the bottom. That's so not bad. That's we, higher than we used to be. <laughs> that's fourth page on Google. That's deep dark web. That is. Okay. So it, okay. it really means the world to us when you do stuff like that. We're on Instagram, at which yes. If you're listening to us on your device, screen grab it and send it to us. We'll feature you on our Instagram stories and you'll make friends. Like yeah. it's happened. Like people see your posts and they're like, holy shit, I want to see what that person's about. Email us at which yes podcast at gmail.com send us pictures of you doing the spell or pictures of your altar or send us episode suggestions we'll probably listen to it more if you're a patreon (laughs) speaking of patreon you can find us on patreon at which yes patrons are getting an extra episode from vaults of the obscure once a month at the five dollar level if we reach 250 dollars a month which is really just like 50 patreon listeners like if alicia and i just had 50 listeners to this podcast we would not be making this podcast anymore if we had 50 friends who would just listen to us So (laughs) everything would be different. Once we have 50 Patreon listeners, we'll start releasing Vaults of the Obscure twice a month, which will make this podcast a weekly podcast. And then once we reach that, we're going to put up a different goal, which has some exciting shit. So, oh my God, I'm so excited. But I can't, I don't have room in my heart to release it until we reach 250. Yeah, I feel you. I'm down with it, guys. This is awesome. All right. Please don't curse your exes. The best revenge is living a good life. Or taking a baseball bat to his fucking car. Or you could baloney his car if it's summertime. Oh, if only if it's summertime, though. Yeah, or you live in Australia where it's always summertime. Yeah. Anyway, this has been Witch Yes. This has been Witch Yes. Bye.